Sound Opinions is supported by Goose Island, pairing beer and music since 1988. Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago, Illinois. Listen critically, enjoy responsibly. Good music is what we want to hear. What do you mean, good music? It's what we dance to, what our children will dance to. And if you don't want to play it, then take your records and go home. You have a band, good or bad? It's a great band, it's a bad band, it's like pizza, baby. It's good no matter what, there's music in the air. All year long, Greg and I hog the Desert Island Jukebox, playing you songs we just can't live without. Now we're going to hand over all of our quarters to some of our musical guests. I'm Jim DeRogatis from WBEZ and Columbia College. And I'm Greg Cott of the Chicago Tribune. Today, Handsome Furs, Slayer, LCD Sound System, and more reveal the tracks they take all the way to the desert island. From WBEZ Chicago and distributed by PRX, you're listening to Sound Opinions. And time now for our 2011 Desert Island Jukebox Special. Calling on a phone I've got no time to be alone Summer coming at me all the time You better think I lose my mind Cause I'm stranded on my own Stranded far from home All right Greg, I love that song. You know, we never credit it because it's the Desert Island Jukebox intro. That is Stranded by the very influential, long-gone Australian punk rockers, The Saints. If you listen to this show regularly, you know that that cues up our trip to the Desert Island, where we play you a song we can't live without. Now, that Desert Island question, what record would you take with you if you were going to be stranded, yada yada, has to be as old as rock and roll itself. But we love asking it because it forces you to really think about the music you love and why that's the case. Normally, we're really stingy, Greg. It's just about you and me and our choices. But this week, we're flipping the script. That's right, Jim. Whenever we have a musical guest in the studio, we like to pose the Desert Island question to them. Great musicians are also big music fans, so it's always interesting to hear what the professionals love and collect. So to get us started, let's go to a recent Sound Opinions guest, Troy Andrews, otherwise known as Trombone Shorty, to his fans. He's the multi-talented horn player who grew up in Treme, that New Orleans neighborhood steeped in jazz tradition. And by the time he was a teenager, he'd already shared stages with people like Ivan Neville and Wynton Marsalis. His band, Orleans Avenue, stopped by our studio just a few weeks ago to perform songs off their latest album, For True. So when we asked Troy what record he'd take to the Desert Island, he went back to his roots. I think uh, Sunny Side of the Street, Louis Armstrong rendition of it. It's one of those songs that I that I really enjoy, and I learn a lot every time I listen to it. So many people don't realize what a brilliant musician he was. But you, you got schooled early, right? I mean, weren't you like 16 or something when you did a special for PBS? You were part of it? I was earlier than that. I was listening to Louis Armstrong, What a Wonderful World, because my brother was influenced. He's influenced by him. So at five, six years old, I knew who Louis Armstrong was. Hmm. And then they called me, went and called me to do that thing, a tribute to him in New York at a Lincoln Center when I was about 14. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you can learn so much from him just listening to his music. I actually got one of his CDs in my trumpet case, and uh, 
he's just one of those people that's just amazing that helped open the door for me to be able to do what I'm doing today. Yeah, people think of him as uh, the guy with the gruff, endearing voice as the vocalist. But they don't recall, maybe, that he was in the 20s. This guy was blowing people's minds with the improvisation. Oh, yeah, still blowing people's minds. I mean, some trumpet players can't even catch up to what he was doing back then. It's just he was ahead of his time and uh, just a brilliant musician all around and and all about the good times. You know, he he embodied the spirit of New Orleans. Mm -hmm. The king himself, Louis Armstrong, on the trumpet. was the king himself, Louis Armstrong, with On the Sunny Side of the Street on Sound Opinions. Troy Andrews' trombone shorty can't live without that tune, and he put it into the Desert Island jukebox. Our next two guest DJs are Dan Beckner and Alexi Perry of the group Handsome Furs. The Montreal-based husband and wife duo arrived in our studio this fall, complete with their own portable laser show, to perform songs from their album Sound Capital. Given the Eastern European and Asian influences on that record, we weren't really surprised at Alexi's Desert Island pick had an international flavor. Before we let you go, we like to ask our guests to uh, put one on the spot and say, okay, you're stranded on the desert island. You've got one record today. What would you be listening to? 
Oh, man. Um, well, just today, I mean, I think I would do uh, Dr. Alimentado, best-dressed chicken in town, just because it would make me feel good on a desert island. Okay. <laughs> when did you first hear that record? Um, Four years ago? Five? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And what, what drew you to it? I just, I, you know, I, I love a lot of dancehall and reggae and, and stuff like that. I was fortunate enough that I spent my childhood split between the Caribbean and Canada because my mm-hmm. dad is Cuban. It's in my blood, I guess. Mm. I don't know. I'm drawn to those, to those kind of beats. I rip them off all the time. Dressed Chicken in Town from Dr. Ali Montado, Alexi Perry's contribution to the Sound Opinions Desert Island Jukebox. Jim, you know, one of the great things about the Desert Island tracks is they give you a real sense of where a band's coming from musically. So we have Alexi Perry giving us those Caribbean dancehall grooves. Now let's hear what her partner Dan Beckner had to say. Well, Dan, what about you? You know, it's weird. Today, I'd probably say the Sonic Youth record, Sister. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I got into that band through Nirvana. I can't lie. Like I, I love Nirvana in high school. Nirvana got me out of metal, mm-hmm. which was good, very good for me. Sonic Youth, Dirty. I, I love that record. But then Geffen reissued all of their old records, yeah. uh, and I bought Sister. And I, I just, I think it's a perfect album. It's really focused with the Philip K. Dick references. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, it's very futuristic sounding, very angular. But then there's that crime cover right in the middle, like the hot wire of my heart.
And I love that combination of pop and, and noise and kind of high concept art and just total bashing away at your guitar and having a good time. I think that just set like a subconscious blueprint for for what I wanted to do musically. Well, they were still mm-hmm. writing songs at that because Sonic Youth can get lazy and they just try to <laughs> skate on the noise. Yeah, yeah, like those SYR, you know, self-released sort of high art. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. But Sister and and Evil and uh, I mean, those are the song albums. Yeah, that really. I mean, I started a band immediately after I got that record, and I was like, we're going to sound exactly like this <laughs> and Fugazi mixed together, and we're going to play, you know, VFWs. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was Sonic Youth with I Got a Catholic Block from Sister, Dan Beckner's nomination to the Sound Opinions Desert Island Jukebox. Alexi's got the world beat, Dan's got the noise, together we get handsome furs. Next up, let's turn to Sam Beam, the singer-songwriter behind the folk rock project Iron and Wine. Now, before he made those bedroom recordings as Iron and Wine, Sam was studying film. He visited us this summer, and when we asked him what record he'd take with him to the Desert Island, he showed us he's an equally serious student of music. Vision to remove dimension, Before we let you go, Sam, we like to play this game with our guests uh, uh-uh. where they pick up a, a record to take with them to the proverbial desert island. Oh, goodness. So if there's anyone in particular, like what's on your mind today, what would you bring with you? I've been listening to a lot of Nielsen lately, so I think I would have to take Nielsen Schmilson. Mm-hmm. It's surprising, actually, how often Nilsson pops up on the Desert Island jukebox. Yeah. A couple of it's people. It's pretty great. I, I was a slow burner on Nilsson. I never, you know, I like the Midnight Cowboy song and everything, but mm-hmm. most of the back catalog kind of lost me. But, you know, come at it at a different point in your life and What is it about, about him as a songwriter? It feels fresh. It feels off the cuff, but at the same time fun and intelligent, and his singing is fantastic. I don't know. It's, it's, that's one of those things. It's just this magical sort of magnetism. 
But at the same time, like I said, early in my life, I could care less. Yeah. And now I dig it. <laughs> yeah, well, for years, he was just the guy who, who behaved badly for yeah. John Lennon for six months. And that's <laughs> yeah. what I knew about Nilsson. Right, right. And the coconut lime song. Yeah. You know. That's a pretty good one, too. You put the lime in the coconut, you drink them both together. Put the lime in the coconut, and you feel better. Put the lime in the coconut, drink them both up. Put the lime in the coconut, and call me in the morning. It's a pretty remarkable range. I mean, it could be kind of this goofball. And yeah. kind of throw away novelty songs almost. And then there was, there was really deep, poignant stuff. And then yeah. there was like... And sometimes in the same song. Here's Harry Nielsen with Driving Along from his 1971 album Nielsen Schmielsen on Sound Opinions. Driving along, you can see all the people who seem to have nothing to say to each other. Each day they go farther and farther away from each other. Sam Beam of Iron and Wine digging deep to bring us Harry Nielsen on Sound Opinions. We're going to take a quick break on Sound Opinions from WBEZ Chicago and PRX, but when we return, we've got Slayer, LCD Sound System, and Wild Flag paddling a raft out to the desert island. Find out what music they're bringing with them as we continue our Desert Island Jukebox special. Me and poor Crusoe are sharing the same.
Welcome back to Sound Opinions. I'm Greg Cott. He's Jim DeRigatis, and you're listening to our 2011 Desert Island Jukebox Special. What's special about it? Well, for once, it's not Jim and I calling the shots. Today, we're letting our musical guests take a turn. You know, we've already asked Trombone Shorty, Handsome Furs, and Iron and Wine what piece of music they'd take with them if stranded on a desert island. Next up is our second husband and wife duo of the show, Damon and Naomi. Damon Krakowski and Naomi Yang met as teens in the 80s and have been making music together ever since. With their college band, Galaxy 500, they pioneered the sound many call slowcore. And as Damon and Naomi, they've released eight albums of cerebral indie rock. After 20-plus years playing together, it's no wonder they found it easy to agree on a Desert Island jukebox pick. Well, I think mine would have to be... um Fairport Convention's Legion Leaf. I wow. Just, I mean, that's just comes to mind. So that should be a, the one I take, right? The first one I that's think of. That's great. Absolutely. Taking Go out of the, the burning gut. building. <laughs> so what, what is it about that one that, that uh, you savor? Well, I love the reinterpretation of the traditional folk songs. The premise of that record was they took traditional folk songs, um, Fairport Convention. And I think discovering Sandy Denny singing and her voice was just such a tremendous inspiration to me. I think it was part of my revelation that, you know, singing is also an instrument. Mm -hmm. And also sort of a non-traditional approach to traditional music. You can hear a lot of that in your music, too. Thank you. You know, I think that there's that sound. It it seems like that was sort of a holy grail in some ways. for. Yeah, Yeah, it definitely was. It's funny because um, years and years ago when we were in Galaxy 500 and we would visit college radio stations and, you know, do a radio show. And then in the old um, radio stations that had all the LPs, you could pull out the LPs and it would have the uh, comments of the DJs, like, Mm. about the band, like, (laughs) don't play this one or play this track. And so I remember once we pulled out the Galaxy 500 records when we were visiting a radio station (laughs) and someone had written, well, this is no Fairport convention. (laughs) And at the time, I wasn't at all interested in Fairport Convention. I just thought it was just this weird, boring old music. And, yeah. you know, I wasn't offended or upset because I was like, well. <laughs> but now it's, you know, in retrospect. Now, now on the CDs for every slowcore band that, that ever embraced that silly term, it says, this is no Galaxy 500. <laughs> <laughs> I bought What about you, Damon? Oh, well, you know, if Naomi was content with her choice, I'd be very happy on that desert <laughs> island, mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, Legion Leaf, for me, is is a, a perfect album in so many ways, but it's also an invitation to to sing yourself. Mm. I mean, I, I, I've always read that into that gesture that they made mm. to, to go to Cecil Sharp House and find these old songs that people sang. And that's a very different approach than we grew up with. You know, when we were worshiping the Velvet Underground records, it wasn't thinking... Oh, these are songs that anybody could do in any in any various way. It was like, no, this band sounded exactly like this. Um, but I, as songwriters, I think we've come much more to an appreciation of the song as an autonomous uh, work 
that does exist to be reinterpreted. Let's take a listen to Maddie Groves from Fairport Convention's 1969 classic, Liege and Leaf, an album both Damon and Naomi said they couldn't live without. That was Maddie Groves by Fairport Convention, Damon Krukowski and Naomi Yang's joint Desert Island jukebox pick. Greg, our next jukebox curator hails from the land of Fairport Convention as well. You remember British singer Lily Allen? She visited our studio in 2007 to perform material from her debut release, All Right, Still. Lily hails from that great British songwriting tradition of telling stories about everyday life. And it was from this canon that she chose her Desert Island disc. Uh, at the Junction by the Stranglers. Hey. I oh, know. By That's the a... Stranglers? Is it by the Stranglers? No, it's by Squeeze. Squeeze. Squeeze, yeah. The Junction, yeah. Sorry, I got my S's mixed up. <laughs> <laughs> Why Squeeze? Because I think it's uh, a really great 
English song, and I think it just sums up a lot about uh, you know our country. It reminds me of my mum because it's basically the same sort of life that she lived when she first came to London. You know, she got pregnant, had a baby, and she was a teenager, right? Yeah, she was, and uh, you know, then her she split up with her boyfriend, and yeah, was kind of left alone. For a while. She was Until up she to met my father. <laughs> <laughs> and then she was left alone by him a few years later. But anyway, that's another story. Um, yeah, it, it's it's a great song. And I think that um, people always say, you know, Mike Skinner from the streets was this kind of, you know, pioneer and real gritty, gr- real gritty, real mm-hmm. gritty, <laughs> real gritty kind of um, everyday down to earth lyrics. And I think that actually they set the precedent for that. So mm. here you go. Squeeze. That, that's pretty cool. When did you first hear the song? Do you remember? Hmm. Were you were you real young when you first heard the record? Yeah, it was on a compilation uh, vinyl. I can't remember what it was. It was like one of those all back to mind vinyl things that uh, you know they ask a celebrity or a famous musician to kind of compile um, ten of their favorite songs that they'd play when you know having a party back at their house. And this was on one of them. I can't remember what the band was, but yeah. Mm-hmm. English band Squeeze with Up the Junction, Lily Allen's DIJ selection on Sound Opinions. For our next track, we go to our conversation with metal giant Slayer. Lead guitarist Kerry King and drummer Dave Lombardo joined us in the studio last year to talk about the genesis and evolution of Slayer. That's the band that put the thrash and thrash metal in the 80s. Now, this is a band known for speed, intensity, immediacy. 
So when we capped off our interview by asking Terry what piece of music he couldn't live without, he was pretty quick with the answer. Right off the top of my head, two things came to mind. I'm going to say them both. One's Van Halen, one, one's Blizzard of Oz. Mm. There's great playing and there's great songwriting on both. So They both hold up for you. I'll go. i got to pick one. I'll go Blizzard of Oz. Wow, so those, those sound like uh, formative albums. You were listening to them just at the time you were picking up a guitar and playing. Well, I mean, realistically, Randy Rhodes only got to make two mm-hmm. metal albums, you yeah. know, and who knows what would have came out of that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, was he the kind of guitar player that you would listen to the solos and try to play along with him? Or I never yeah. tried. I was awestruck. <laughs> I actually got to see him the last time they came through Southern California, New Year's Eve, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever that year was, year before the plane crash. Mm-hmm. So I felt pretty lucky to be there. Here's I Don't Know, the lead-off track from Ozzy Osbourne's 1980 album, Blizzard of Oz, Slayer guitarist Kerry King's addition to the Sound Opinions Desert Island Jukebox. From Ozzy Osbourne's Blizzard of Oz, that was I Don't Know, featuring Randy Rhodes, Slayer guitarist Kerry King's six-string hero. Osbourne and Rhodes are clearly part of the metal lineage, so we weren't too shocked by Kerry's pick. On the other hand, drummer Dave Lombardo's Desert Island selection was a different story. Dave, what about you? <laughs> the album that's been on my my main list is that Amy Winehouse album with Rehab on it. I'm sorry, wow. I don't know. Mm. I've just been on this you know, weird music kick 
for a metal guy at least. Is mm-hmm. it the R&B part of it or the pop part of it? What appeals to uh, you? The songwriting, her voice. I mean, there's other bands, you know, but the yeah. list goes on. It's too many. Let's hear Dave Lombardo's Desert Island jukebox pick, the album Back to Black. Here's Amy Winehouse with me and Mr. Jones on Sound Opinions. What kind of was the late Amy Winehouse with me and Mr. Jones from her 2006 album Back to Black. It was Slayer drummer Dave Lombardo's surprising addition to the Desert Island Jukebox. To listen to Slayer's interview or to any of the conversations featured today, visit soundopinions.org. You can also check out our guest live performances and photos. Coming up next on Sound Opinions from WBEZ Chicago and PRX, Wild Flag and LCD Sound System take a turn at the Jukebox.
Welcome back to Sound Opinions in our 2011 Desert Island Jukebox Special. Today, Jim and I are taking a backseat. We're letting some of our musical guests call the shots and play you songs that they can't live without. So far, we've had Iron and Wine, Damon and Naomi, and Slayer all play DJ. Greg, as critics and fans, we're constantly debating our Desert Island picks, so it's great to have a chance to hear from the musicians themselves. Our guests are all rock scholars, and their tastes are diverse. We've had a mix of reggae, 60s folk, Ozzy Osbourne, you name it. Next to add a track to the mix are the members of Wild Flag. Listening to keyboardist Rebecca Cole and drummer Janet Weiss talk about their Desert Island albums, you definitely get the sense that music is much more than a job for them. The veteran indie rockers joined bandmates Mary Timoney and Carrie Brownstein in the studio this fall to play songs from their terrific self-titled debut, Wild Flag. When we asked them what records they couldn't live without, both Janet and Rebecca chose some classics. Rebecca? I think I would take Just As I Am by Bill Withers because I don't have that MP3. I just have it on vinyl, and I'm nine days away from that right now. I miss my copy. Bill Withers. you got to love Bill Withers. He's worthy. Did you see that documentary? Oh, man, yeah. I watched it twice. I I cried a little bit Mm -hmm. when you're supposed to cry, and also I think when you're not supposed to cry. And the part when he was talking about um, how the record execs were telling him how to write his songs, I Mm. kind of got teary. Yeah, and he's uh, he's an interesting character because he dropped out. I mean, he wrote all these great songs, and then he just sort of That's walked it, away I've from had it. enough, yeah. yeah. In the documentary, he seems really at peace with himself and his life. He's a great example of how to live your life, actually. Just do mm-hmm. what you want to do, mm-hmm. even if it seems unorthodox. Here's a track featured in the 2009 Bill Withers documentary, Still Bill. It's Grandma's Hands on Sound Opinions. Grandma's hands clapped in church on Sunday morning Grandma's hand played a tambourine so well. Grandma's hand used to issue out a warning. She'd say, Billy, don't you run so fast. Might fall on a piece of glass. Might be snakes there in that grass. Grandma's hand. Grandma's hand. The local unwed mother, Grandma's hand used to ache sometimes and swell. Grandma's hand used to lift her face and tell her she'd say, "Baby, Grandma, understand that you really love that man. Put yourself in Jesus' hands, Grandma's hand, Grandma." Used to hand me piece of candy Grandma's hand Pick me up each time I fell Grandma's hand Boy, they really came in a handy She'd say, Matty, don't you whip that boy What you wanna spank him for He didn't drop no apple core But I don't have grandma anymore If I get to heaven, I'll look That was Grandma's Hands from Bill Withers' 1971 album, Just As I Am, on Sound Opinions. Wild Flag keyboardist Rebecca Cole thinks it's a worthy addition to the Desert Island jukebox, and we couldn't agree more. Let's hear what her Wild Flag bandmate Janet Weiss had to add. And I would just take Exile on Main Street by the Rolling Stones, because I can't live without that record. (laughs) It's just life or death at this point. 
So wh- why why is Exile such a big part of your life? What was it that captured you about it? I, it's funny that it was like the album that they labored over, because to me it just doesn't sound labored over at all, which is a good lesson for us. And I think we sort of, like, in my mind, I definitely think about that when things get hard in the studio. Like, they're not going to know. <laughs> you know, the listener is not going to know. That record just sounds so free. And so it gives me the feeling that they were one unit and that they just had this chemistry and 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 loved each other so much and <laughs> had this telepathy which i know is not true at all you know it's the exact opposite it's the exact opposite mm-hmm. but but when you listen to it it's it's what you feel when you drop the needle on the record and mm-hmm. it just makes me feel just so happy and so free the Rolling Stones with Torn and Frayed from their 1972 classic Exile on Main Street. Wild Flag drummer Janet Weiss said she couldn't live without it and it's going with her to the desert island. Our next and final DIJ curator is James Murphy. He's best known as the founder of that amazing dance punk band LCD Sound System which broke up this spring. The group combined a sarcastic punk sensibility with irresistible dance grooves, drawing inspiration from acts as diverse as the Velvet Underground and Daft Punk. No one likes a good rock and roll name drop more than James. This man is a rock connoisseur, the perfect candidate for our challenge. And here's the disc he picked when he was in the studio last year. For your pleasure, 
Rock's music, second second rock music record, probably. And the reason being, other than the fact that you've paid tribute to Mr. Ferry on your album cover, or I don't know, <laughs> Brian Eno's still on Brian, it. Little, little, it's, yeah. I just looked in my brain and I saw that cover. It's a good cover. Mm-hmm. When did when did you come to that record? Did did you, were you listening to it as a kid? Or? My, my brother, no, he had Roxy Music records like growing up, and um, I really got excited about those records when I was like twenty twenty five, twenty six. Those records that just took time on me. I wasn't like, oh, I need to make this, you know, not the way that certain other things like, you know, the first time I heard can, I, my, my head fell off. Uh, <laughs> just the way that things are put together, the combination of how the songs are built and how the sounds are built and how the players work together. And Brian Ferry's in- incredible performance persona is kind of mm-hmm, amazing yeah. to me. Um, you know, a lot it, of critics, us included, thought that with This Is Happening, you were making a conscious effort to sing more. I well, mean, yeah. Was. You know, it'll never be like you'll never be a Brian Ferry type right. vocalist. But uh, um, I could if I if I wanted. To. Could you? <laughs> sure. Give us a few bars. <laughs> no, I'm 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 technically a better singer than I sing on records. Really? Yeah. I mean, I was a choir singer for years. I was a mm. classical singer for years. Um, you use your voice the way you use anything else. It's like you can be a really good guitar player, but sometimes it's better just to hit it. I don't like my voice. I don't find my voice very interesting. My singing voice, I find really boring. So. I started finding different ways to sing to get the personality of the song across better. So it's more, that to me is always what's more interesting. Here's Brian Ferry and Roxy Music with Editions of You from James Murphy's Desert Island Record for your pleasure. That was Editions of You from Roxy Music's 1973 album, For Your Pleasure, on Sound Opinions. 
LCD Sound System's James Murphy said he just couldn't live without it, and it tops off our Desert Island playlist for this year. We want to thank all of today's Desert Island Jukebox curators for a complete list of their picks. You can check out the footnotes to this episode on soundopinions.org. Greg, what do we have on the show next week? Next week, Jim, we're back in the DJ booth celebrating 2011 with our end-of-the-year mixtapes. Greg, as always, we have some thank yous to say on the way out. Mary Gaffney, Adam Yaffe, and Drew Bodker recorded these interviews. Sound Opinions is produced by Jason Saldana and Robin Lynn with the able assistance of Annie Minoff. And our fearless leader, our executive producer, Tori Southside Malatia. He's not so big on jukeboxes, but he loves video poker. On Sound Opinions, everyone's a critic. So give us a call on our hotline, 888-859-1800. New messages. Hey, Jim and Greg, it's Chris from Southern Maryland. Okay, I gave you guys all year, and nobody said anything about Al Strzok. surprised. Uh, Alistair has Katie Stalmanis' band from Toronto. New album came out in uh, March of this year. It's called Feel a Break, and uh, it's a long time since I've said that every track off of an album is uh, good, but uh, this one kind of blew me away. Uh, I'm a Fleet Foxes, December's Midlake Fossil Collective kind of guy, so for this album to come out, being a lot of electronic stuff was way surprising. So anybody would uh, owe it to themselves. I wouldn't say you're wrong. Take a look at them. Thanks. Bye. Hey, Jim and Greg, this is Kenny from Palm Desert, California. Just wanted to call in regards to your Best Albums of 2011 episode. And as far as I'm concerned, 2011 had some slim pickings. I only bought two albums this year, which is kind of rare for me. One was the band I think I've heard mentioned on your show, but hasn't really gotten much love, is The Civil Wars. They're a duo, a man and a woman. He plays guitar and sings, and she plays keyboards a little bit, but mostly sings. And their album, Barton Holler, came out earlier this year, and I got a chance to see them live in Boise when I was stopped over for the night. I've never been that blown away by two people on a stage before. There's no reasons, no excuses, there's no second just some intimacy they have with each other, their rich, perfect harmonies. I know I, along with, seemed like everybody else in the room was just in awe, and uh, I'd like to encourage you guys to give them some love on your show. Thanks for a great year of Sound Opinions. Hi, I'm just calling to respond to uh, some of the things that you played as the, your best of uh, 2011. I don't know if I agree with all of them. I do agree with Tune Yards and Trombone Shorty. I actually went out and bought them. 
However, uh, I don't know where you're coming from with Effed Up and Van Hunt. Maybe that's the mechanism to bring me closer to you. Tell me why, why you open What do you do to you Those two just left me cold, not something that uh, I could ever listen to. What I think you should listen to is perhaps The Head and the Heart. A little mellower, but a, a solid CD with uh, every track very, very listenable. I'm Frank from Vancouver, and that's my recommendation for the best of 2011. Thanks a lot. Oh, the songs people sing for home and for the ones that have been gone for too long. But oh, the things people do for the ones that they love. Guys, this is Aaron from Chicago. Just calling to say that nothing quite says Christmas to me like the Pogues' fairy tale of New York. Love the show. Bye. No more messages. To share your opinions on Sound Opinions, call 888-859-1800. We'll be back next week on Sound Opinions from WBEZ Chicago and distributed by PRX.